If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. Options to keep them healthy and keep them at home. Yet most adults age 50 and older have not considered the type of care they may need that would enable them to age at home. Now is the time to research the care you want while you're in good health. First, research the home care options available in your community. There may be government programs that can help, including PACE and LIFE state-based Medicare programs. Talk to your family about your wishes and where you'd like to receive care. Keep talking with your doctor about your health and consider the finances of long-term care and the assistance programs available. Keeping seniors at home is a win-win for patients, doctors, and healthcare facilities. Receiving care at home has proven to result in a better quality of life and better health outcomes. This survey and message are sponsored by Cross Country Workforce Solutions Group, the nation's leading provider of in-home clinical and non-clinical care for aging seniors. Attention! This is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-760-8196. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-760-8196 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-760-8196. What do you have to lose? Call 800-760-8196. Again, 800-760-8196. Your exclusive home of Championship Week, ESPN Wichita 92.3. ESPN Wichita is bringing you a full week of college basketball action leading up to March Madness. We'll have exclusive live play-by-play of the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, plus the ACC and Big 10 tournament championship games. And it all leads to our Selection Sunday special to kick off March Madness right here on your home for college basketball, ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. I'm Christine Lisi. Only an hour away from the deadline on this NFL franchise tag deadline day. Stay tuned to ESPN Radio for the latest developments on quarterback Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and the Giants and quarterback Daniel Jones and running back Saquon Barkley. From ESPN's Dan Graziano and Rob Domofsky, a group of Jets team officials flying out to California to meet with quarterback Aaron Rodgers. The Packers have given the Jets permission to speak with Rodgers, who has yet to announce his plans for 2023. If Rodgers does not ultimately end up in New York, ESPN's Rich Samini explains the Jets' next quarterback target. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo would be the next up. Uh, he will be a free agent on Monday. So, obviously, no compensation involved there. A different situation from the Rodgers situation. And then, uh, you know, Jimmy with, you know, Robert Sala, you know, they were together for a few years in San Francisco. So, there's that familiarity. ESPN Jets reporter Chris uh, Rich Sabini on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. NBA streaking Knicks go for a 10th straight win tonight when they host the Hornets. New York guard Jalen Brunson listed as questionable due to left foot soreness. 
Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They're close, convenient, and have the parts you need fast, along with excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. You're listening to The Pulse with Pat Strothman on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Small town, big dreams, and a young boy the age of 15 had a premonition his city would get seen. Now I'm winning, get sheen in the city of the home of our heroes. What's up, Wichita? Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. A little chilly out there, 46 degrees. Come on, Kansas. It's March. Make it be spring. Please, 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 please. Welcome into the Pulse. I'm Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. You can also find us in a couple different ways outside of the old radio dial. You can find us online, ESPNWichita.com. Listen live link on there. Plus, there's a podcast page on there if you want to go and listen to old shows. That's cool. You can also stream us on your smart speaker, if you have one. Tell your smart speaker to tune into ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You can also uh, tell it to tune into KKGQ, the cool stuff that smart speakers can do for you. You can also stream us on the TuneIn app on your smartphone. That's pretty simple. Just download it to your cellular device, and you can take advantage of us that way. And those are the ways that you can find us here on ESPN Wichita. I'm Pat Strothman. Producing the show is Jack Johnson, 316-669-4996. 316-669-4996. If you want to call and be a part of the show, feel free to do so. If you don't, well, no biggie. You can always participate in other ways, like the text line, 316-247-0923, 247-0923. Wichita State women's basketball getting a monster W in the AAC women's basketball tournament. So we might talk about that with Taylor Eldridge later on in the program, but a monster win for Wichita State there. If you want to comment on Wichita State, KUK State, Whatever is on your brain, hit us up on the text line. Twitter is always cool, too. ESPN Wichita, Pat Strothman, Johnny J underscore 15. And you can also send us a message on Facebook. Maybe you can just wave on Facebook on the messenger. That's ESPN Wichita 92.3. Here on the show today, coming up in 20 minutes, boy, we got a lot of interviews. Back to back to back to back. Lots of interviews today. And that's just because we're trying to cram in as many awesome interviews as possible before state basketball action takes place tomorrow. Tomorrow is day one, as we will see action take place at 2 o'clock across the Sunflower State. May South boys basketball coach Joe Jackson, he doesn't have to worry about playing tomorrow, though. His team will play on Thursday at 4 o'clock in Emporia. We'll visit with May South boys basketball coach Joe Jackson coming up at 225. At 245, we'll have Wellington boys basketball coach Joe Newman. Yesterday, we visited with Eric Adams on the girls' side. So today, we're going to talk about the boys basketball program with coach Joe Newman. 
Hour number two, Taylor Eldridge with the Wichita Eagle, brought to you by You Build It. A lot to wrap up with him from this past weekend. Wichita State men's basketball getting a W against USF. Softball goes perfect in the black and yellow challenge. You have Wichita State baseball losing the opener to Oakland, but bouncing back to win the series. State tournament action this week. Boy, we have a lot of stuff to talk to or talk about with Taylor Eldridge of the Wichita Eagle coming up at 302. 325, collegiate boys basketball coach Mitch Fiegel. He'll be on the show. Collegiate in the Class 3A state tournament, so we'll visit with him about his Spartans. And at 345, take two Tuesday with Jack Johnson. That's our lineup for today. It's March 7th, 2023. Thank you so much for choosing ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. We certainly appreciate it. Broadcasting live from a Riverfront Stadium studio. We'll be out of here, though, in a couple days. We're not moving. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay here, but we are going to go to Kansas City. We're taking our shows on the road on Thursday and Friday. The Shane Dennis Show and the Pulse of Pat Strothman will be taking place during the Big 12 Tournament. We'll have awesome Big 12 Tournament coverage right here on ESPN Wichita. It's made possible by Kansas Contractors Association and Enhanced Wellness of Derby. We appreciate them for making this a reality. Should be a blast in Kansas City. Speaking of Kansas City, the Chiefs talked about some of their news yesterday. We hear that Orlando Brown Jr. is not going to get the franchise tag. And we also heard that Frank Clark is going to be cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. Before I go further, Jack, what news should I start with in the NFL? I feel like I need to mention the breaking news that we just saw moments ago. Maybe I'll go this direction. The Baltimore Ravens, they have franchise-tagged Lamar Jackson. The tag has been placed on Lamar Jackson. It's the non-exclusive tag. So keep that in mind. The non-exclusive tag, not the exclusive tag, non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. With that happening, the Ravens are allowing their star quarterback to negotiate with other teams. If Jackson signs an offer sheet, the Ravens have a week to match and retain him. If they don't, Jackson leaves and Baltimore gets two first-round picks. Smart move by Baltimore. Right, Jack Johnson? I feel like that's a smart move by Baltimore here. If he leaves, you get two first-round picks. It's not bad. Good decision. No? Absolutely. No, this is, this is a good move for Baltimore if you can get two firsts in return. I think I've just been struggling with the the idea that they don't view Lamar Jackson as a franchise quarterback anymore because they don't want to pay him the big-time <laughs> bucks. That's maybe more of the head-scratcher. I mean, two first well, rounds not are only great. That too, not, not, only, not only that, too, Jack, sorry, but not only that, but isn't this strange considering the Baltimore Ravens constructed their offense around one player, a specific type of player in Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. I just I think that when you find talent like this, uh, it's kind of a head-scratcher when you don't see the front office really shovel out the money to keep that guy happy, keep that guy here. And just because Lamar Jackson hasn't won the big game yet, I'm not so sure that with two first-round picks you you get better there. I don't know necessarily you build for the future because keep in mind, 
Lamar Jackson is still incredibly young. It's one thing if Lamar Jackson is is 29 or 30 or 31, you're trying to figure out a way to keep him long-term for five or six years. This guy's going to maybe be a couple years older than a quarterback you could take theoretically in the NFL draft. I just I don't know why Baltimore is struggling so much to give him the money because, like you said, they built their offense around Lamar Jackson. They've literally made their identity running the football. They let certain guys walk, and they haven't gone out and gotten wide receivers because they're such a run-heavy team. Now, I think we're Baltimore at one point after the MVP year, Lamar Jackson. They were 14-2. and Everybody fell in love with Baltimore in the way that we now fall in love with Buffalo and Cincinnati, speaking of the rest of the NFL. And now it's kind of fallen off because Lamar's been hurt a little bit. They don't have many mm-hmm. skill or star players anymore. And maybe mm-hmm. Baltimore is kind of taking that as, well, maybe we do need to reset and rebuild a little bit. And maybe keeping Lamar Jackson around for six or seven years with that type of money is going to handicap us uh, down the road with trying to bring in big-name free agents. But I just don't understand that when you find a franchise quarterback, you're not willing to give him that money. We've seen every other team in the NFL give out money to their franchise quarterbacks, even ones that haven't really deserved it. Think about Kyler Murray in Arizona. Like, Arizona pinpointed him as the franchise quarterback, and he hadn't done anything yet. Lamar Jackson right. has at least done something. Won an MVP, had a 14-win season, <laughs> yeah, been in the postseason, keep that and Baltimore's keep <laughs> treating him like, oh, well, you still got to prove it to us a little bit more. We don't know if you're worth it yet. The man's won an MVP. The man won an MVP at 22 years old. To think that he won't be better down the road or he's not even in his prime yet, I mean, I think it's a little bit naive. And if a team like Atlanta jumps on him immediately – Hell, maybe look out for Atlanta in an incredibly weak NFC South. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, as you brought up, he's done something. The guy was an MVP. (laughs) The guy was an MVP. By the way, Tom Pelissero just tweeted this out. We talked about the Ravens. If they don't match the offer, they get two first-round picks. Last year, Russell Wilson fetched two first, two seconds, and three players from Denver. Glad that Tom Pelissero decided that you know, throw that in there. <laughs> Denver fans are like, shut up, Pat. Just move on from it. We're suffering. Got that right. We appreciate it when you suffer. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, this is this is going to be interesting because Lamar Jackson, remember during the postseason when the – was it Lamar Jackson? He wasn't even there for the postseason, right? Did he even bother to make the trek with Baltimore? Yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't there he wasn't in there. Cincinnati. Right. He wasn't there. And that told me all I needed to know about the dysfunctional Baltimore Ravens. Because they are dysfunctional. It's what they are. And Lamar Jackson is basically going to go, okay, great. Well, I'm I'm not sure if this is it for me anymore. I love how some people are like, no, this is the best thing for Lamar Jackson. The offense is tailored toward you, blah, blah, blah. Dude, the the dude wants his money. You're not going to sit here and deny someone to go, go get his money. Go get the bag, Lamar. Go do it. Go get the bag, your former MVP quarterback. Go right ahead and do it. And there will be some teams that are going to be ready to rock and roll when it comes to this. I'm not sure who would that be. Obviously, we know Derek Carr is a saint now. So will Lamar Jackson entertain the idea of going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Would he maybe even look at New York? I don't think so. But you look at different options with teams that need quarterbacks. Buckle up. We'll see. Also, too, Lamar Jackson – Atlanta, what about the Atlanta Falcons there, Jack Johnson? They're going to make a strong play for him would be my guess. So can't wait. Should be a lot of fun to see how that plays out. Before we go back to the Chiefs, I know I I told you we would talk Chiefs, talk about Frank Clark and and what the next step is for for the 
Chiefs. Look, a couple of breaking news things when it comes to the NFL. The other thing they bring up, and I know you really want to know this because everyone's very concerned about Aaron Rodgers and the next team that he's going to be playing for. Well, the Jets, supposedly, they are flying to, uh, what, L.A., California, getting ready to talk to Aaron Rodgers and try to sweet-talk him into being a New York Jet. The Green Bay Packers are allowing it to happen. The Packers want Aaron Rodgers to talk to the Jets. Maybe this is a ploy for the Packers to be like, hey, you think the grass is greener? Talk to the Jets and see how dumb they might be. So I'll be curious to see how that goes as well. That's the other big news in the National Football League, which with Derek Carr going to the Saints, the Jets got to sell out for Rodgers, don't they? They almost have to. And I know it's weird to say that, but you look at the roster, the way that it's constructed to go and get a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, I know him in that market would be crazy. Matt Verderam has said it, that that would be insane. He thinks that, hey, well, if you think Green Bay is going to treat you tough, like just wait till you go to New York. That's going to be a problem. If you are the New York Jets, you got to sell out. And if they don't find a way to land him now, then, wow, that would be a complete failure by the part of the New York Jets, which they tend to fail a little bit. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to be a Jet by the end of the week? Yes or no? I man, it's so tough to tell because <laughs> I think Green Bay is you know kind of wanting to move on. Of course, they I don't think they really view Aaron Rodgers anymore as a long term guy. I think they really expected him to take off even without Devonta Adams. It didn't happen, and now Green Bay is kind of tasked with the idea of okay, what's life after Aaron Rodgers like? And I think with the Jets, they kind of feel like after their last season where they played three different quarterbacks. They need some stability there. They need a guy that can take them to the next level. I think Aaron Rodgers would do that, and it's more of a matter of, of you know, you know, what can you do to even help out Aaron Rodgers here? What can you do to make it more enticing for him to come to New York? Is it a bus, Aaron Rodgers, or bus situation for New York? I wouldn't say necessarily no, because actually, if I'm the Jets, I'm pushing hard for Aaron Rodgers. If Green Bay says no or anything like that, or Rodgers says no, why not go for Jordan Love? I mean, Jordan Love's just sitting there in Green Bay. He's he's not playing, and as long as Rodgers is there, he's not getting on the field. So if you're the Jets, I would say that they really want Aaron Rodgers badly, but I don't think it's a bust situation if they don't get him. You might as well go after a guy like Jordan Love or take your chances elsewhere. I think the Jets are, are not quite there yet, but maybe a good quarterback in 2023, 2024 can get them to a 10-win season, maybe grab that wild card spot because we saw last year. They were in the hunt for a while with not really having a quarterback in Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. You get Rodgers, you get Jordan Love. It could be argued those two would be an upgrade over any of the three they played all last year. Jordan Love in a Jets uniform. Wouldn't that be so Jets, though? This year, it's not like you have a whole heck of a lot of free agent quarterbacks. But if you don't get Lamar Jackson, which I'm not even sure if they're even going to be the sweepstakes for that, you don't go and get Aaron Rodgers via trade. (laughs) You look at some of these options, you're like, man, if you swing and miss on all of them, it would be the Jets. If there's one franchise that would suffer from that, it would be the New York Jets. All right, coming up. In about five minutes, we got to get to Mace South Boys basketball coach Joe Jackson. So let's talk about the Chiefs. 
Let's talk about Frank Clark. Frank Clark is going to get cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. 29-year-old has spent the past four seasons with the Chiefs and earned a Pro Bowl, Bowl nod in three of those seasons. Clark is the NFL's active leader in the postseason when it comes to sacks, ranks third all-time with 13-and-a-half, in case you're wondering. Chiefs will clear roughly $21 million in cap space with his release. Eight-year vet, 23-and-a-half regular season sacks, six forced fumbles since signing with the Chiefs in 2019. Clark had restructured his contract prior to the 2022 season, not going to be able to do that, do that this year. With George Karloftis being selected by the Chiefs last year, you just kind of had a feeling that this was going to take place for Kansas City. Unless Frank Clark was really going to take another significant pay cut. Because let's be real, he's not getting any younger. And we talked about how when the Chiefs went after Carlos Dunlap last year, the move wasn't necessarily for him to start opposite Frank Clark. While George Karloftis got reps, got better, that wasn't why the Chiefs pulled the trigger on Carlos Dunlap. The reason why they did it, they needed another veteran to split the reps with Frank Clark, who's going to not be out there 24-7. And let's be real, we have to understand, too, Frank Clark in the -the off-the-field situation, you just never know what was going to happen with Frank Clark. Never really knew. So they bring in Carlos Dunlap, basically kind of hinted at, all right, Frank Clark, guy needs to be released because he is going to save save money for Kansas City. Chiefs, $3 million over the cap. Now they don't have to worry about that. Now they're going to get a good chunk there from Frank Clark, who is expected to be released by the Kansas City Chiefs. What's next for Kansas City when it comes to the edge rushing group? Well, I guess now we look at the Chiefs and the NFL draft. Talked about the offensive tackle situation, specifically at left tackle with Orlando Brown Jr. not getting the tag, and Kansas City basically saying, look, we like you, but we're not going to be forced to pay you. That's not what we're going to do. We're not that type of organization. Brett Beach isn't that type of GM. Sorry, Charlie. That's not how it's going to go. Now we look at the Chiefs and go, well, now in the first round, could they potentially <laughs> look at a defensive end? And I don't know, Jack. This is this is going to be interesting to me. So last year, Kansas City only had one pick in the first round, and that was pick number twenty-nine. Correct? They 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 traded away some draft picks to go up to twenty-one. They get Trent McDuffie. They stick with George Karloftis at twenty-nine. Do you have this feeling that we're kind of getting set up for something like that for this year's draft? Kansas City has 31. Could you potentially package together some picks and move up to 21-20 again to get a guy that's probably dropped? Do you get the feeling that we're getting set up with Brett Beach again kind of the same way? I, I don't know. I know things have to shake out. You have to have the right guy. You can't just... You can't just do that for anyone. But I'm just thinking to what Brett Beach did last year, we could see it again, maybe, for Kansas City. 
Yeah, I, I think it would make a lot of sense for this team to trade up and still keep that 31st pick. Like you said, they hung on to 29 last year and found a way to move up into 21 where you took Trent McDuffie and also got Carl Loftus. And I, I think it's not out of the question for the Chiefs to have two first-round picks in this upcoming 2023 NFL draft. It's more of a matter of do you feel like there's a guy that you really like that won't be able to make it beyond the 31st pick? I mean, I think last year – the reason I think Brett Veach said he traded up for Trent McDuffie, not because that was just their guy, they locked him in as their guy, it was because they felt like Trent McDuffie wasn't going to be there at 29, and they also wanted to find a way to get an edge rusher, and if Orlando Brown Jr. walks away, they don't give him a long-term deal, and you already cut Frank Clark, you're in need of a left tackle, you're in need of an edge rusher, you're also likely (laughs) in need of a right tackle, So, and I think with this upcoming draft, it's so loaded that you could sit back on your heels, wait for the 31st pick, and find a really talented player like a, a B.J. Ojolari. You can even wait in the second round and get an edge rusher like a Derek Hall or maybe even a Felix Enedike Uzama. There yep. are guys out there you can wait for, but if you're looking for a guy to fill a need immediately, hell, I'm not opposed to trading up. I mean, with the draft being in Kansas City, how perfect would it be for that crowd <laughs> to hear that Kansas City had traded up to get the 20th to the 21st pick and go out there and get themselves a starting edge rusher, a starting left tackle? I mean, it's perfect. And we've seen Brett Veach be aggressive before. I would not be shocked in the slightest if he packages a couple picks with how many they have and move up in the first round. I just have this sneaky suspicion that we're getting set up for something like this again. Just a sneaky suspicion. Now it's got to be the right player, though, that falls to 21-20. And you got to find a, a suitor, too, a trade partner. Talked about that before. But with Frank Clark getting released... I think the only way that Kansas City is really going to address that other edge spot is going to be through the draft. So we've seen two moves done by Kansas City. No tag on Orlando Brown. More than likely that means they are going to let him test the waters. Meanwhile, for Frank Clark, we're not even going to try to keep keep him on for a higher contract that his agent wants for Frank Clark. So we're just going to cut him and just call it good. That's exactly what Kansas City's doing. And now we got to see what happens to Chris Jones. That'll be the next thing for the Kansas City Chiefs. But definitely some options starting to open up for Kansas City. Frank Clark not being there. God was great in the postseason. Job well done. Safe to say that trade worked out just fine in the end. I would argue that was the case. So you're fine with that. And uh, you got the most out of them. And now it's time to turn your attention to a more youthful edge group with George Karloftis and someone else. And who knows? Mike Dana played well. Chris Jones staying in the middle. Colin Saunders would be nice to return. That would be great to get him back. It'll be interesting to see how Kansas City pieces it all together. Okay, jam-packed show. Four consecutive interviews coming your way. 325, we'll have Mitch Fiegel, collegiate boys basketball coach. 302, Taylor Eldridge of the Wichita Eagle, brought to you by You Build It. 245, Wellington boys basketball coach Joe Newman. Up next, May South boys basketball coach Joe Jackson. That's next on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. This is The Pulse on Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. KC fans, it's time to celebrate another championship. And there's no better way to do it than with a delicious Warbeard Irish Red, the official red ale of fans of Kansas City football. After you take that first sip, you'll want to hoist it, just like Big Red did with the trophy. And just like the team, Warbeard Irish Red is at the top of the heap. 
It's the number one selling locally made craft beer in Kansas. So as you celebrate your team being the best, grab a six-pack of the best beer. Warbeard Irish Red, the official beer of fans of Kansas City football. How do holiday grill masters take food from good to... Mm, wow. Kingsford 100% hardwood pellets. Made in the USA with North American ingredients and 100% natural hardwood blend, Kingsford wood pellets can be used on any pellet grill and add delicious, smoky wood flavor to any holiday meal. So look for Kingsford 100% hardwood pellets. Because with Kingsford, the holidays just taste better. Find at homedepot.com. Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seamless Cabernet, only $9.99. And don't forget WBC's Wooshock Wheat Six Packs, just $8.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual it's true. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about 500 bucks a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members now. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yeah, they can handle your bills, too. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, before November 30th, they will waive your new member fee. So you're going to save even more. MediShare is the gold standard in healthcare sharing, and joining right now makes a lot of sense. Again, pay no new member fees if you join now and start enjoying great savings and a great way to handle your health care. Call now, 844-94-BIBLE. That's 844-94-BIBLE, 844-94-BIBLE. It's championship week, and ESPN Wichita is headed to Kansas City. The Shane Dennis Show and the Pulse with me, Pat Stroutman, will be broadcasting live from the Big 12 Championship Tournament throughout the week. We'll have the latest analysis from games, post-game audio with coaches and players, and much, much more from the T-Mobile Center. Our Big 12 Championship coverage is presented by Enhanced Wellness and Derby and the Kansas Contractors Association. Your home for the Big 12 Championship is ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. Well, we were just talking about Frank Clark of the Kansas City Chiefs. If you are a Twitter follower of the Kansas City Chiefs, they just tweeted this out four minutes ago. A graphic saying, thank you, Frank. Two-time Super Bowl champion Frank Clark. And they said, thank you for everything, 55. Yep. Pretty official. Pretty official, to say the least. All right, we have so many interviews to get to. Coming up, Wellington boys basketball coach Joe Newman. But right now we go to the phones and talk about the Class 5A state tournament. On the guys' side, with boys basketball coach at May South, Joe Jackson. Coach! Glad to have you on the show. I believe this is the first time you're on the show. Man, hard to believe that. I was up in Salina. I was telling people that Joe Jackson was all about Pat coming down to Wichita. I don't know why. But, hey, we got you on the show. Coach, congratulations. How you doing? Well, hey, Pat, I appreciate it. Things are great here, man. Uh, and, you know, Man, I've always just uh, had a had a ton of respect for you and, and the job you did when you were in Salina. You know, I was only in the league for for a year. Just your 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 last year in Salina was my first year in the ABCTL. But uh, 
you know, I, I was just blown away by the coverage you gave, you know, high school kids and everything, and we're definitely glad to have you in Wichita. Well, uh, I appreciate that. Your check's in the mail. Your check's in the mail. I hope I hope it's enough to, to cover to cover what, what you just did right there. Well, coming up, you're taking on Andover on Thursday at 4 o'clock in the Class 5A state tournament. But before we talk about that matchup, let's just get a, a recap of the year just in general. As you brought up, my final year in Salina, it was uh, your very first year at May South, and you know, it's taken a little bit to kind of build on the program. But I think back then, I think I saw the potential, and this was always the potential to get to a state tournament. You guys have been able to do that, and you did it after a win over Andover Central, 53-49. So let's just get a, a nice little general summary of how the season has gone for you, Coach. How have things gone for you this year? What have you seen? Well, uh, you know, we've, we've had a really solid year this year. We're uh, 19-3 overall right now. Uh, all three of our losses have came to the same team. Uh, um, you know, we're, we uh, Hutchison, uh, who was ranked number one for most of the year in 5A, uh, Hutch has been our kryptonite so far this year. You know, I think we've beaten Hutch four straight times in the previous two seasons. And uh, last year they were both close games. This year they've gotten us uh, uh, three times. They got us twice in league play. Uh, we played them for the championship out in Dodge City. Uh, you know, two of those three games have been really close, and we've actually, you know, held a lead in the fourth quarter at different times and just couldn't close it out. And, and uh, the championship in Dodge, they, they uh, you know, they beat us by, I believe it was either 9 or 11 that night and uh, just completely outplayed us there. So they've been really good. And we feel like we've had some, some signature wins ourselves. You know, we uh, Derby's been ranked in 6A the whole year, and we've beaten them three times uh you know, we've actually played Andover Central three times, even though we're not in the same division, and uh, we've won all three of those in close games. Those have been dog fights. Uh, we were fortunate to get a game scheduled with North Kansas City, Missouri, uh, where uh, Coach Ed Fritz is at, a legendary coach. Uh, he coached at Blue Valley Northwest, won, I believe, five state titles at Blue Valley Northwest over the years, and we were really fortunate to go up there and get a win over his North Kansas City team. And, and uh, you know, that, all of those games have been just really, really good games. And, and we've got a lot of great kids who, you know, we, we practice the right way and we compete. And, and we've got a group that's just been a lot of fun to be around this year. Yeah, no doubt. I think that was the first thing that stood out to me when looking at your schedule. I think we, we all know how tough the ABC Tail Division One truly is. And then you throw on some of the the additional games, like in Andover Central, as you brought up, in which you guys had dogfights all throughout the year, and, and it's just tough to slow them down. I know it's not just one guy, but Kobe Smith is one of the top talents in this in the city. So to try to slow him down, that's a very, very tough thing to do. What has led to, to such success this year compared to previous years, Coach, being able to get over the hump? What's been the – the difference maker this year compared to the previous couple? Well, you know, the first year uh, over here, we we, uh, we had some really good kids in the program. Uh, we were just trying to, you know, really trying to start getting it going a little bit, you know, and everything. And, and May South had had some really good teams, you know, in, in 2015 uh, up through 2018 or 19. And they've been down a couple of years. And so when we came in here two years ago, you know, we were just trying to really get the program back to where, uh, where it had, it had been, you know, previously, you know, when they had had a couple of really, really solid seasons. And, uh, you know, our, our our senior group that first year really laid the foundation, you know, of, of kind of what we what we wanted to do. And, and uh, 
bought into the culture we were trying to build and everything. And, and uh, you know, overall, I think in the first year we ended up uh, right at 500, just a little over 500, I believe. And, and uh, you know, we, we, took some, we definitely took some steps in the right direction. Late in the year we were playing, you know, some really good teams really close. And Campus had made a run in the 6A state playoffs of that year. And, and Mays High, you know, won the whole thing. And, we had played those guys the single-digit games, you know, late in the fourth and everything, and 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 you know, we actually had a lead on on Mays High in the fourth, and 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 didn't get that done that first year. And then, you know, fast forward uh, one more year, you know, we were playing a lot of young kids that first year, and so we were playing freshmen and sophomores. We had a couple of really good juniors and seniors as well, but but uh, we were playing a lot of young kids and. You know, last year I think some of that experience they got when they were when they were younger really started to pay off. We went 15 and five in the regular season a year ago. Uh, at, at 15 and five, we ended up with the eight seed in the West, and we ended up having to play Topeka, <laughs> Topeka Seaman, who was the nine seed, and Topeka Seaman won the whole dang thing last year. You know, yeah. so it, it it that was a tough first round draw, and we played them closer than anybody did. You know, and I'm, we're not a not about moral victories or anything like that, but you look, you know, we were frustrated. We were setting a home, losing a sub-state game, and here they go as the nine seed and win the whole dang state tournament, you know. And so, uh, it's just been a, a steady progression. We've, we've, you know, had a lot of kids that have bought in. They work hard. They spend a lot of time in the gym and and even outside of practice. And uh, you know, we've got really good leaders this year. We've got. I'm, I'm proud of our coaching staff as well. We've got a great staff over here, along with a lot of kids that have really bought in and, and are doing the things we're asking them to do. Yeah, definitely a lot of experience with this year's group. And I, I remember, I remember seeing those those young pups back in the day, and now they're no younger, no longer young. I mean, I guess by my definition, being 32, they are young. But in terms of seeing them a couple of years ago, I remember watching Isaiah Atwater for the first time, and I couldn't help but just go, man. There's a lot of potential in this young man going forward. Um, obviously, you still got to put in the work, and you got to get better. And I think there's you definitely saw him blossom, and there's no doubt that he's been having a phenomenal season. So, want to start with Isaiah and just kind of bounce around the other players that you see too, Coach. Um, but there's no doubt that he's he's been a, a fun player to watch over the last so many years. You know, absolutely, Pat. Last year as a junior, Isaiah. Um, you know, he, he led us in scoring. He broke our school record in assists. Uh, we had the ball in his hands just about every possession. And we, we, you know, ran a, a ball screen dominant uh, offense. And so, uh, man, Isaiah was just making incredible reads. You know, teams would try to, you know, slow down our ball screen in, in different ways. You know, tagging with guys not involved in the ball screen and everything else. And Isaiah really, um, I've been really fortunate, you know, over my years at East to have coached some really, really good guards and, and everything. And, I will say, you know, Isaiah is absolutely the best guard I've ever coached in the, in, in, in the ball screen. He makes better reads than any kid I've ever coached. He, he's just uh, uh, he's a kid that puts in a ton of work. He's, he's a gym rat. He's in the gym nonstop. And uh, his dad played at TCU back in the 90s as well. So he, he comes by it naturally. And, and uh, Isaiah's had a great year for us. Uh, he's committed to Missouri Southern. He signed with them. Um, you know, the, the MIAA is probably the best division two conference in the country. So, you know, I think he's going to go there and do, do really big things for them. And then, uh, the two other guys along with Isaiah that get a lot of recognition are Michael Cates and Tori Homan. And, uh, Michael is our, our two guard right now. He's kind of a combo guard. He can play the one and two and Tori's a, a six, seven kind of four and five man for us. And, 
those three guys are all averaging right around 12 to 13 points a game. So we've got really good balance there. And, and, you know, those three guys definitely get a lot of love for their, you know, offensive talent and skills and everything. But uh, Jaron Askren is a, a 6'4 junior that is just, I tell him every day he's the toughest kid in America. And, and uh, you know, we don't <laughs> win games without guys like, guys like Jaron, you know, doing, doing the dirty work. Jaron had 13 points in our sub-state championship. And he's just a, a – He's just an incredible young man. He's going to have offers to play football and basketball, either one in college. Uh, Tatum Steinhoff is another kid who, and he has been our best perimeter defender for two years running right now. And, and Tatum always draws the opponent's best perimeter player and, and absolutely takes pride in, 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 in playing great defense. And, and uh, you know, Tatum's 5'10 or 5'11, but he's, he's an explosive athlete. He can get up and windmill, dunk the ball and everything. And he was – Tatum was on our undefeated uh, state state champion soccer team this year that ended up ranked, you know, pretty high in the country this year and everything. And he's an all-around athlete. I think Tatum is going to have an opportunity to go play some college basketball here next year as well. So that's that's our starting five, you know. And then, you know, a lot of teams were really fortunate. You know, Sammy Sammy Dressy, uh, uh, you know, played really well for us this summer. Uh, he was definitely in our top five over the summer. And, and then, uh, you know, He'd had an injury late in football season this year, and Sammy's a kid that he's broke all of our receiving records in football here at May South, and he's only a junior. He's broken career records already, and, and uh, you know, we're fortunate to bring him in as our typically our sixth man and everything. And, and uh, so him and, and Jalen May, Darius Felton, Brady Ingram, we've got a lot of guys coming off the bench that can, can definitely contribute in a positive way as well. I love it when coaches have every player ready to rock and roll when I ask him about, about a team. Like just bam, bam, bam. Joe Jackson just naming them off like left and right. I don't even have to ask a follow up question because Joe Jackson just hit everything right there, uh, on one, the one answer there. So appreciate that coach. Joe Jackson, main South Boys basketball coach here on the pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Yeah, I was going to ask about those, those other guys because, uh, you know, you, you look at the team in general. I know Isaiah gets a lot of the accolades, but you, you know this better than anyone. Got to develop some, some bench depth as good as your top five can be. If, if one guy goes down, who's going to be there to elevate their game? Someone better be ready to answer the call. And it seems like Sammy, Jalen, and Darius have been right there whenever you needed them this so far this season. No, no doubt about it, you know, and, and uh, we're really fortunate. Those guys would be, you know, starting in a lot of programs right now. We've, we've got some depth right now, and that's, that's definitely been a, been a luxury, you know. And so, it, it, uh, you know, we've got a great group of guys, and, and for the most part we've pretty much, you know, embraced our roles and everything. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's part of why this has been just a, a really special year and a special ride, you know, and so – it, we've got a, a huge one versus Andover coming up here, and, and uh, you know they're they're really good. They're really talented. One, maybe one of the arguably the most talented team in the in the state, you know. And and uh, so we're 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 definitely excited to go uh, you know to go compete here on on Thursday. Yeah, you get the win over Andover Central, so naturally your first round game is against the other Andover team in the Andover <laughs> Trojans. And I think we, we all know how talented they are, as you brought up. They're, they're 20 and 2 overall. And I remember at the very beginning of the year when they started 2 and 2. And I remember some people, they were like, well, you know, Andover's been good for so many years, but they lose to McPherson. They lose to Andover Central. Maybe, maybe there's some issues there for Andover. 
Well, the answer, after going 2-2, two and two, they rip off 18 consecutive wins, and you're like, yeah, this time, this team's still pretty good with Eli Shetler and, and uh, you know, Brandon Reddick, and they, they just got a, a talented, talented squad. And you know this too, Coach. ABC Tail Division One, great, fantastic, but there is ABC Tail Division Two that also has a boatload of talent. ABC Tail, just in general, D one, D two, D three, D four. This this ABC Tail is just absolutely stacked. It's uh, no no doubt about it, Pat. It, it uh, you know, Andover and Andover Central, especially in Division Two this year, have been you know have been really really good and and. Uh, you know, the, just the talent we're, we're uh, you know, that, w- that we've seen on a nightly basis, you know, I feel like we've been pretty battle-tested. We've had a really, really tough schedule and, and uh, have persevered through most of that. And, and uh, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be an absolute dogfight out here on Thursday night. Uh, you know, we were fortunate a year ago. Uh, we beat Andover at their place uh, late in the regular season. And, uh uh, they were they were missing a couple of guys. They, uh, BJ Reddick was out that night. He he had been hurt. Uh, they they were missing a, uh, another starter, Brady Strauss, that had been been injured. And you know they've they've graduated a couple guys, but they've definitely reloaded. And, and all of their all of their you know production has returned from a year ago. And so um, you know their their smallest starter is six two or six three, and and we start five nine five nine five ten. And so you know, there's definitely. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a little bit of a discrepancy amongst sides, but we feel like we've got several advantages on them as well. You know, so it it uh, we we beat them in a close game last year. We you can't really gauge much off summer league stuff, but we split over the summer when we played them, and so there's no doubt in my mind it's going to be a great game Thursday night. Yeah, I absolutely cannot wait. And it's not always about the size of the dog, but it could be more so the size of the. <laughs> The fight slash heart of the dogs. So definitely can't wait to see what happens coming up this week. Coach, greatly appreciate your time. Congratulations once again, and best of luck to you this week. I appreciate that, Pat. And, and tell, tell Joe Newman not to be too, too long-winded on there. So it, it, uh, <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a good man. He's a good man. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys here soon. <laughs> appreciate it, Coach. I'll make sure to bring that up. Joe Newman, he's the one up next from Wellington. May South and Andover taking place this Thursday at 4 o'clock in Emporia, Class 5A state tournament. Now we'll switch things to Class 4A. Wellington boys taking on McPherson tomorrow in the Class 4A state tournament in Salina. Joe Newman up next here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. You're tuned into The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Since 1933, Envision has been a part of the Wichita community, serving people who are blind or visually impaired and their families. From employment opportunities to child development, rehabilitation, research, and crucial programs for all ages. This year, we celebrate our 90th birthday. We invite you to join our year-long celebration of 90 years of envisioning the possibilities. Visit EnvisionUs.com to wish us a happy birthday and join us in continuing the mission. 100% of your gift directly impacts Envision's programs and services. Thank you, Wichita. From the moment you open the bag, through the low and slow grilling, to the very last bite of food, Mm. new Kingsford Signature Flavors hardwood pellets tantalize your senses. Kingsford Signature Flavors are made with 100% natural hardwood and 100% real spices to add a whole new rich, full-bodied flavor and aroma to your cookout. New Kingsford Signature Flavors hardwood pellets. Flavor you can see, smell, and taste kingsford.com 
the IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Coast One Tax Group, protecting your bank, home, and your sleep since 2008. With hundreds of five-star reviews and an A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. Call Coast One Tax Group, 800-312-9970. Stanley from New York owed $93,000. The IRS placed a levy on his bank account. Coast One released the levy and settled with the IRS for $2,000. Mark in Michigan owed $225,000. After Coast One stepped in, Mark walked away paying less than $1,500. Call Coast One now. A 10-minute call can save you up to 93% on your back taxes. Get your fresh start today. That's 800-312-9970. The NHL returns to Wichita on Saturday, September 23rd. Don't miss the Arizona Coyotes take on the St. Louis Blues in the ICT Ice Classic at Intrust Bank Arena in a preseason matchup. There will be no shortage of excitement on the ice as this NHL preseason game will end with the most exciting play in hockey no matter the score, a shootout. Tickets are on sale now for the ICT Ice Classic featuring the Coyotes and Blues and start out as low as $10. Get your tickets now through select a seat. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Thursday, Kansas State faces TCU in the Big 12 tournament. Hear the tip-off at 8.30 right here on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Moving right along here on a Tuesday edition of The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Coming up in hour number two, Taylor Eldridge of the Wichita Eagle. Brought to you by You Build It. 325 Collegiate Boys Basketball Coach Mitch Fiegel. But right now, we talk Wellington Boys Basketball. We talked Girls Basketball yesterday with Eric Adams. Now we talk about the Boys Basketball Program with Head Coach Joe Newman. Wellington in the Class 4A state tournament. Wellington taking on McPherson tomorrow at 6 o'clock in Salina. Can't wait for it. Should be a blast. Coach, congratulations. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Joe Jackson right beforehand of May South, he said that uh, try not to be too long-winded. But uh, it's radio. You can be as long-winded as you want, man. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Joe Jackson's a great dude. I'm sure he'll interview will outshine mine by a lot. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I might have to put you side by side. Maybe he's listening right now. He might send me a text by saying, oh, no, there's there's no way. Well, Coach, let's just talk about your squad in general. Love talking to the Coach Jackson. He's great. But let's talk about your squad. Uh you know, what a season it's been. Uh, I know this year you guys have seven losses going into the state tournament, which is why you're the seven. You guys have certainly dealt with some adversity, but you guys are here in the Class 4A state tournament. So let's just talk about just the, the season as a whole. What's really stood out to you along the way? Well, you know, every season's a journey. As you go along that season, you kind of hit that the dog days of this 
towards the end. Yeah, guys dinged up, stuff like that. You know, things go on. Uh, but fortunately for us, right now we're playing our best basketball. So we've made a good run here these last couple of weeks, and things are really clicking going into the state tournament. And that's why we're fortunate enough to be here. Um, be two really good teams in Dealer, and uh, especially a really good circle team to to get where we are. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of that circle team, you guys fell the circle in the regular season. You, you lost them on January 21st on a Saturday. Lost to them by one, 49 to 48. Then you lost to them again on February 3rd, 66-35. What got you over the hump this time around? I mean, it's not like you won by two. You won by 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 24. So what really swung things in your favor in the sub-state championship game? Well, going back to when we played them that first time, we lost by one. I mean, that was just a, a battle. That was our midseason tournament. We met each other in a championship game. And, I mean, that's what you expected out of a championship game. I felt we were evenly matched. We played neck and neck all game. Uh, we had a lead there late, and they made some plays down the stretch and uh, won on the game winner. So that was a heck of a game. And then when they came to our place a couple or a week later, actually, and thumped us, uh, we had a few guys out. We were missing two starters. Um, did I expect a 30-point drubbing? No, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> so coming into that championship game the other night, you know, you're wondering, you know, how's this thing going to go? Are we going to compete like we did that first game, or are we going to, you know, lay an egg? And I certainly wasn't expecting us to play as well as we did. I mean, you talk about us, we just, everything was firing and everything was working that night. Played great, um, took them out of their game. Uh, they struggled to make some outside shots, which typically they're a very good three-point shooting team. Uh, we managed to contest those shots. I think we held them, uh, I can't even remember the number right now, but we rebounded really well. We forced 20-plus uh, turnovers. Just did, everything seemed to go our way that night. Yeah, well, Coach, there in that that late January, the early February portion, you lost three of four, and now you've won four of your last five. What did this squad learn in that tough little stretch here? I know you brought up injuries, being necked up, and so on and so forth, so maybe that was part of the equation, just not being fully healthy. But what did what did that three of four stretch in which you guys lost those games, what did that teach the squad going forward to where maybe you're able to use it down the stretch? You know, that was a good turning point for us. I mean, you want to know how your team's going to respond when you lose a few games. Um, and that really was a springboard at going into that second half of league. Uh, two of those losses were to circle. One was to a really good Augusta at their place. Um, we had a chance. You know, we fought back in that game. We were down early, had a chance to come back and win that game. Uh, just came up short. Augusta had a solid ball club. Um, then we slipped up and just had a, a terrible shooting night against Rose Hill. And hats off to them. They defended us well that night, and they were playing well that week. On that stretch, they beat us, and the next day they turn, or two days later, turn around and beat Andow. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad loss. You're just telling our guys, hey, you know, you're, you've lost to some really good teams here. You know, you're you're in this thing. And and then it just, I don't know, something just clicked and get some of that Crusader <laughs> magic mixed in there, and, you know, we made, went on a little run. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, so after that three of four stretch there, you guys played clear, Clearwater and won 54-21, but you played collegiate, and you won. 50 the the 49 you guys got that w and man coach uh you want to talk about i know the next game you guys fell to andel 51 45 but to to get that win i don't know after suffering that that little stretch there getting that win sometimes is a nice little reminder of we're good enough we can do this because collegiate here they are in the state tournament at the class 3a level and there's no doubt they've had a phenomenal season this year so whether that win over collegiate kind of show this group Oh, that was huge. 
that was really the turning point. Um, you know, Cleveland's no joke. They got some dudes on that team, and of course, Mitch is, is a heck of a coach. He's got them always playing hard, and we had some foul trouble that game. One of our starters, Banks Inshaw, left early and was wasn't able to play. Busted his shin open on the floor and to go get stitches. And so here you are in this game. We're down early, and you know, I'm thinking, oh man, here it comes. We're just going to get thumped. And then just something, just I don't know what clicked. And we just started playing really what we're – I mean, we've always been a tough physical team, but I don't know, something just happened. Uh, kids' <laughs> eyes are wide open. We go into halftime feeling pretty good about the score. And uh, the defense, our rebounding, our execution on offense, we really just started firing at all cylinders. And there towards the end of the game, uh, we just kept making play after play and getting some stops here and there, enough to get us back in the game. And, and then it comes down to we got a shot to win at the buzzer. And a kid gets an open look. Airballs it, and it just falls. I mean, just just by luck of the draw, it falls into Brody Weir's lap. He gets it up on the rim, and it goes in. And and you just come out of that game. I mean, I don't think there was a kid that didn't, or even a, an adult in that building that night on our side that didn't have a smile on their face. Yeah. Uh, that was an incredible win, just a big emotional win. And then you turn around and you lose to Andale two days later. But even then, we felt really good about that. I mean, whenever you play collegiate, I mean, it's going to take everything um, emotionally physically out of you. I mean, with their style of play, it's up and down, it's in your face, and to have to turn around with one-day prep and go out to Andale to play another one. I mean, we played them tight, had a lead uh, for most of the game, and just you can just tell by our legs were just gone. I mean, it, it took its toll on us. But even after losing that Andale game, we still felt pretty confident about going into sub-state. Yeah, no doubt about that. And that win against Collegiate, first time in school history. And, Coach, all along it was a pass. It was just a pass. That's what it was. It wasn't a shot. It was just a pass. That's what it was yeah. in order to get the, the buzzer beating <laughs> that, shot there. That's what Maurice will tell you. Yeah. That's what he wants to believe. <laughs> coach, I swear. I was just, it was just a long pass is what it was. Well, coach, let's talk about your, right. your individuals. At least that's what I would say too. But like, yeah, I, it was a pass. That's what I was doing. But I'm a six foot seven dude. So my coach didn't allow me to shoot outside the paint. Um, let's talk <laughs> about your, your squad. Carter Burnett, uh, Cope Henry, um, you know, looking at, at some of these guys here and, uh, you know, what they were able to do. So uh, just your uh, – uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong box score here. I want to go back to the, the one before against Collegiate. Um, you know, Carter in that game at 18 points, um, obviously that was very, very special. So what did uh, – let's talk about Carter first. It just kind of bounced around some other guys. What really has Carter been able to do for you this year? Carter's only a sophomore. He's a 6'3", long, athletic, uh, tough-as-nails kid. He's a heck of a football player, and he'll tell you football is a sport, but I got a feeling he's going to start thinking basketball is a sport here before too long, the way he's been playing. Um, He's real bouncy. The kid just finds a way to get the basketball, whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense. He's constantly moving, and the kid has a motor like no other. Um, so you talk about there at the collegiate game, he's getting deflections. Uh, we were running a one three one zone that game. He's on the top of that getting deflections. I mean, he's going after offensive rebounds. He's getting, you know, tips, deflections, and layups. The kid uh, is a animal on the defensive end and just plays his butt off. Jack Wright uh, also was a double figures that game. Jack, what he what has he been able to do for you this season? So Jack is a four-year varsity player. Um, he's one of the guys that it just feel, it feels like he's been around the program forever. Um, going to be sad to see him go. Uh, same thing. He's about six three, six four. 
Uh, before he was our point guard, this year we moved him over to more of a two guard just to kind of get the ball out of his hands and give him give him a chance to move away from the ball and get some set shots. And he did a heck of a job that game too. I mean, when you're playing collegiate, they're playing that full court run and jump, and you got to have good guards to bring the ball up against that thing. And uh, he did an excellent job of getting the ball up. Yeah, and then looking at some of the uh, some of the other players, um, you know, it, I know it's not just Juan, but you brought up Maurice there. Uh, certainly against uh, collegiate, he was involved there on the final play. But Brody Brody Weir against uh, against Andel, I know he scored four points, five rebounds. The game before that, he had six points, nine rebounds against collegiate. So, you know, just looking looking at him, it's one of those guys that maybe doesn't score a whole heck of a lot, but a guy that certainly means. Uh, a lot to the squad, and then Cope Henry against Andel had himself a great game with 11 points. So, looking at some of these other guys, how well has the group just in general jailed with some of those other players? Yeah, so thing, like I said, things are really starting to click. Uh, Cope really struggled with his jump shot throughout the season, and here these last couple games, he's really starting to find his rhythm, uh, taking much better shots, and just his footwork has followed through all the good stuff that you want to see as a coach. It's finally working, and he's starting to believe in his shot a little bit more, and he's hit some big ones. Um, Brody, big body, just a big physical kid, was just most unselfish kid we have. He's just there to do anything, whatever it takes to win. You tell him to run through a wall, the kid's going to do it, and no questions asked. And so what we've asked of him, you know, you, you score a couple putbacks, great. What we need you there is to rebound and defend their biggest player. And that's, and he does an excellent job of it. And Maurice is a kid that's coming into his own. Uh, he's 6'5, he's a junior, he's bouncy, he's really figuring things out. He's getting his footwork down. He's going to be, you know, have a big summer. He's got a chance to have a special senior year. Well, Coach, coming up tomorrow at 6 o'clock, you take on McPherson and the Bullpups. Simply put, they are always tough. I don't care what the record says. It could be 0-22. They could be 22-0. and They always seem to play hard. They always seem to be well coached. Whatever term you want to throw out there to describe them, I think it's it's very – I know it's kind of cliche sometimes to throw that stuff out there, but I think it's very, very true when talking about a bullpup team. When you take a look at McPherson on film, what really stands out? Oh, their effort. Those kids just play their tails off. And like you said, they're they're no joke. Uh, Coach Kitteman does an excellent job year after year with his boys. Um, they play hard. They get up in the passing lanes. Uh, they make it difficult to run your offense on the offensive end. Uh, they're screening you every which way they're going to get offensive boards they're sprinting the floor you know they're they're a very disciplined team and they're they're good at what they do uh, in order for us to compete and have a chance we got to come out and play hard got to be ready to play be physical all right coach well i greatly appreciate your time congratulations once again on making it to the state tournament and best of luck to you this week in salina hey man thank you i appreciate it thanks again for having me on Absolutely. Thank you. Hopefully we'll get you on once again. That's Joe Newman, the head boys basketball coach at Wellington High School here on the Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, we are running behind. Let us take a break when we return Tuesday with Taylor Eldridge of the Wichita Eagle. Brought to you by You Build It, Mitch Fiegel of Collegiate Boys Basketball, and we'll wrap things up with a take-two Tuesday. Hour number two, straight ahead, it's the Pulse on ESPN Wichita. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? 
Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel V Pro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. We tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite in her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Today on Hey Culligan, how smart is your water? Here's Tracy. Hey Culligan, I think my water might be dumb. Good news, Tracy. Your water's not dumb, it's just not talking to you. You can make my water talk. No, but the new Culligan smart drinking water system can talk to your phone to tell you when your water filters need changing and help you meet drinking water goals. Now that's some brilliant H2O. You said it, Tracy, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. DQ presents the sound of a summer double play. It's the sound of drumstick pieces and peanuts combined with world famous soft serve to make two all-star treats. The drumstick with peanuts blizzard and new caramel drumstick with peanuts blizzard. Grab one today or get it delivered at DQ.com. Official treat of MLB. DQ. Happy taste good. Your exclusive home of Championship Week, ESPN Wichita 92.3. ESPN Wichita is bringing you a full week of college basketball action leading up to March Madness. We'll have exclusive live play-by-play of the Big 12 Tournament in Kansas City, plus the ACC and Big 10 Tournament Championship Games. And it all leads to our Selection Sunday Special to kick off March Madness right here on your home for college basketball, ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. Auburn Wine and Spirits. Offering whiskeys from around the globe, craft beer, and wine of all types. Auburn Wine and Spirits has been bringing our selection of 2,000 wines to Wichita since 2008. Right now, Auburn Wine and Spirits is looking for a sales associate. If you want to work in a fun environment with competitive wages and are at least 21 years old, part-time and full-time schedules are available. Apply in person at 320 North Rock Road or send your resume to wine at auburnwichita.com. It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the Hour number two. Here on the Pulse, I'm Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. You can also find us on ESPNWichita.com. Tune an app on your smartphone, smart speaker, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, or KKGQ. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Pat Stropman. Producing is Jack Johnson. 316-669-4996. That is the hotline. 316-669-4996. If you want to call, feel free to do so. If you don't want to call, no biggie. You can still be a part of the show by using the text line. 
three one six two four seven zero nine two three. That's two four seven zero nine two three. Twitter ESPN Wichita. Pat Strothman, Johnny J underscore fifteen. And on Facebook, ESPN Wichita 92.3, you can send us a Facebook message. If that's your thing, we got you there. So multiple ways to be a part of the show. Well, right now, we were supposed to be joined by Taylor Eldridge of the Wichita Eagle, but so far, not having any luck. Taylor Eldridge might be trying to round up some last-minute interviews with Keitha Adams down